Gear up as Cash Miller and a team of accomplished guests steer you on an enlightening voyage filled with valuable tips, fresh insights, and effective strategies. Welcome to Marketing Masters, the Agency Power Show. Hello, everyone. This is Cash Miller. I'm the host of Marketing Masters and the CEO of Titan Digital today. It is a great day. We're going to be talking social media, but we're doing it from a different spin. I've got Shy Lee. She is your social media Sherpa. And Shy Lee, yeah, and she's like, you know, really funny. Um, you know, <laughs> like, so <laughs> it's, this is an interesting conversation because we, you know, social media is talked about, of course, you know, constantly and stuff. And what we're going to be diving into is how you use it from a customer, uh, like a, kind of a customer standpoint of how your company can be communicating with people, not just about what you post to get attention and things like that. Shiley, it's great to have you. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Ooh, uh, thanks for having me, Cash. Uh, yeah, I am in Chicago doing my best life. I own YourSocialMediaSherpa.com, like you said. And my world is this, is that I help people who wear all sorts of hats in their jobs or even for their own business uh, when they can't decide, like, oh, I got to do this creative project. But, like, they're so busy with a th- like, I had a client today just be like, I'm so busy with so many things. I don't have room for this creativity. <laughs> That's where I come in. I help them brainstorm ways to do their marketing that not only works for their organization, but also works for their brain and how they like to operate. Right. There's a million ways to do marketing. Yeah. You know, you yourself with your company yep. have a million different ways to do it. So I help them find a way that works for them because there's more than one way to do social media. And there's so many different places to do it. So with all of that, I help them stay top of mind with their hard-earned cultivated network so that they can keep reminding them of the amazing services yeah. that they offer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a tape for yeah, you. <laughs> so what, what we're going to be talking about, you know, because conversations are constantly happening on social media and stuff and including between, you know, customers mm-hmm. and the companies that exist and they have their Facebook pages, their Instagram, whether they're on TikTok or, you know, mm-hmm. Twitter or whatnot. And you have the conversations that are going on now, Companies, though, don't realize, I think, small, small and medium-sized businesses often overlook that you know, people are still finding them on social media, and they're trying often to communicate with them. Yeah, I mean, there's different forms, you know, whether it's through you know, comments or something, direct messages, you know, but they are trying to communicate. So I want you to dive in on how companies nowadays you know, because and typically this is big companies, but it really applies to smaller ones, too, that they can be doing these things. So how do you see uh, companies using social media to communicate directly with customers and potential customers? Ooh, this is juicy. So how should they be talking to them? Well, at minimum, and this is what I harp on with every client, and this could apply to a job seeker. I don't really work with job seekers, but this can apply to them. Big companies, small companies is that. And this applies to your company too. You've got websites is that they're going to Google you and they're going to figure out who the heck are you? What's your vibe? And for some people, it might only be their Instagram or for some people, maybe it is a website. And if there isn't anything there, how am I supposed to know if I can trust you? And at minimum, I want to see websites. This is my tip for everybody always is make sure that your FAQs are answered there. Do you take reservations? Do you, I keep thinking of this restaurant example, but like, do you, when are you open or how, how can I order with you? Whatever it is, like that needs to be crystal clear, obvious. So when we're talking about how different companies can do that and jump into these conversations, 
I think of this, okay, this restaurant chain in Houston. I never lived in Houston. And here I am, this Chicago girl talking about seafood. And I never had crawfish before. And yet here I am having to be a social media expert on crawfish. <laughs> so now I've become obsessed. Uh, this was quite a few years ago now. And one of the best things is that we had all the locations in a unified inbox. And every time a message would come in, whether it be on Twitter or X or whatever the heck we're calling it now, uh, or on one of their like many, many Facebook pages, it would all come to one inbox. And I would be there responding to customers and answering their questions and getting them hyped up for whatever mm. special this restaurant was offering. So hard. <laughs> I never got to try the food. And the best thing that I know, right? I was like, all I wanted was seafood. Because when you look at seafood yeah, for three right. hours a day, that's what you want to eat. And so eventually one guy oh. took me on a date to seafood. Uh, but the best thing I'll tell you, Cash, that I loved that I think is freaky crazy for social media customer care or whatever you want to call it these days is that I could actually see the history mm. with people who engage with our content. So I could see that the I don't know, I'm making a name up. Sarah from Houston uh, loves to get chicken for her husband at this restaurant. So three months later, she comments on us. I'm like, hey, are you going to bring your husband for some chicken? We haven't seen you in a while. And then she's probably shocked. She's like, wait, why do you remember me? Why do you care about me? That would be really hard to do with so many people. But like, that's part of the joy of like going to like a small town restaurant where you go to every day that they get to know you. And now with the tools, you get to do the exact same thing. And for me, one of my favorite things that I like to help my clients do is connect old school way of relationship building and thinking to what you can do in the new school. And I think that's where I serve as the magical bridge for people who are like, I need to do the internet, but I'm a little lost. I help them not feel like it's brand new. Well, uh, so that's one I, way that you can get uh, a yeah, taste, well, no, well, get a unified uh, actually, inbox. What you, what you mentioned <laughs> is really interesting because, you know, like say, if you're looking at that inbox and stuff, but you're seeing the history of people. So you're able to see if they've been commenting on posts and stuff like that, or if they've checked in, you know, like I say, all of these things so that you can have this, you know, you can kind of pick up the conversation, like you mentioned, of, hey, we haven't seen you in a while. Exactly. Or, yeah. And I think that is like awesome because it's more than just that message. You can really engage with them. And it's not a matter of you got to dig through, your, you know, your whole social media profile to find these things. I mean, it, you're, as soon as you click on that person, you can see that chain, right? right? You can totally do that, Jane. And I'll tell you this. This is one of the other weird things from this client. This is many years ago. I worked with an agency that was running this account. And there was a guy that was constantly like kind of, I don't know. My client thought he was a little creepy and a little weird. And he was constantly talking to our account. I'm like, that's good for you. That's going to, you know, when yeah. more people engage, the more people respond, the more the reach, the more attention you get amongst their network. And so she was tired of him. And for me, I just like amped him up. I was like, yeah, keep talking, keep talking. And one day he was like, you know, you know, my face is not associated with this account. <laughs> yeah. They don't know it's me. I'm not on any website or anything. And this guy's like, which restaurant is she at? I must meet her. She sounds great. And little does he know I've never <laughs> been to any of these restaurants, tragically. Uh, but if you know, if I go to Houston, I'm definitely going to eat the food. No doubt in my mind. So that's that's what I think is so great. And then her client was so thrilled. Um, but it takes the right person to care. That's one of my social media mm specialties and it's one of the things that depending on the client i'll well, have that, them do something a, that's similar a really to. good point you bring up too you know because whether you're doing it internally or you're hiring an agency or you know somebody specifically for you know for the role um it's the person you really hire and or bring on to manage this to manage your communication really matters you know it's it, not just anybody because the way you're approaching it is making it engaging you know, we think of all the time of whether uh, they're communicating back and forth and stuff, you know, but it's how they're doing it. And that comes from the person. You know, there's nothing else that can really replicate that, right?
Yep. You then they say I think I'm always I'm gonna keep quoting this like social media customer care book. I got one of my friends with a big startup. I told her, you know what, go look into this guy and what he says because it might apply to you. But uh, that was the biggest thing. Oh, I lost my train of thought, didn't I? Uh, no, the- how you're. What was I going to say? Anyway, how you're communicating with them makes yeah, a huge commu- difference. <laughs> well, anyway, how, how, how you communicate. Thought. It's fine. It's gone. I say it's how you <laughs> communicate, but it's actually who you're, you know, who is doing the communicating on your behalf. Yeah. Oh, that's what it was. Who? So you can't look customer service skills. Like mm-hmm. you either got them or you don't. Many people will never in a day in their life want to work in customer service. But if you've got customer service skills, I think you can teach the social media stuff. And it's really just, again, oh, like a, I said earlier, bridging the knowledge from like real world really stuff to the internet. Point. So if you're, if you're running a company and you're saying, who am I going to have communicate, you know, through our social media platforms and stuff, the people you should be looking, don't look, don't look necessarily for the social media experts for that particular piece. Okay, for the communication, look for your best customer service person, yeah, to be able to do that communication mm-hmm. because you know if they're part of your organization, they know your exactly. business. But but it's also how you communicate. I've been talking with um, some people lately about uh, brand voice and that the way you handle customers mm-hmm. through those platforms is part of the brand voice. If you kind of train them and say, Hey, this is kind of how we speak to everything. Right. You know, but you got to have customer service skills. You can adapt how you deal, deal with it. If you're good with people, you know, but if you're no good, if you're just kind of stilted, exactly. you're just, you know, and some business owners can totally be that way, you know, or they're like, well, I just, I own things, you know, it's like, you know, they're, they're very dry or, you know, just not really personable sometimes. And so, and they might be handling it. They need to kind of pass this off to somebody else. I think that like, that's totally great is, you know, it's not just the fact that you can communicate through social media with your customers. It really is a matter of who is doing your communicating. Exactly. And I'm going to say this, I'm going to caveat this is that there's so much great advice on marketing that might all be correct, but it might not be correct for the stage of clients that might be listening to this, right? So brand voice can be totally valuable for a bigger company, like maybe this multiple chain restaurant. But for somebody who's only got a team of a few people, yeah, you can keep it in the back of your head, but I don't want anyone to be listening to this and be like, yeah. I have a new project that I need to fulfill. I need to figure out my brand voice. All in due time, that's oh, yeah. what I always tell people. Like, there's great advice, but maybe sure. not for now. Like, what's for the future? So it depends on your client. Yeah, Take that caveat. Say, when you pick <laughs> out somebody that's going to handle that communication, they – even if you've not developed any other kind of brand voice or anything, understand that the way that they handle customers is going to be remembered. And so you do want, at the very least, make sure that you have somebody that is good at customer service, that is a natural skill set for them. It's not forced or anything because you want somebody that's Mm going to be able to, you know, especially depending on how, you know, who they're having to deal with. Sometimes with customer service, you get common questions. Sometimes you get much tougher because people are kind of mad and maybe they haven't been able to get a hold of your company other ways very easily and such. So they go through their social media channels and it may be direct Mm -hmm. messages, but it may not be. It may be through comments and things like that. And you've got to be able to handle those. Mm -hmm. 100%. Can I oh, give sure. you a pet peeve? I just had this happen to me. I am 
so stressed out about it. So first off, I got very excited when I was uh, a nonprofit that I'm on the board for. We were looking for a tool to help us get emails and stuff like that, you know, like lead gen, whatever. And so I wanted to go contact this company. And my go to is I love I love me some Twitter, all these companies, Twitter at minimum, not a bad thing. And so it said, Oh, you can customer service on Twitter. So I like clicked in, I was so excited. I'm like, they actually want it. Their inbox was hidden, which made it a lot harder to email them, which is better for the company because if there's something bad, I mean, they all want to push you yeah. to the inbox that's less public, but at least give me the option. So the inbox was missing. The second thing was immediately when I reached out for help, they said, hey, actually go email this email address instead. And I'm like, like, what was the point of yeah. you advertising this customer service option if you're actually just going to move me somewhere else? So the, the rule of thumb that I've heard, and again, don't get too distracted if this is not the right size company that you're in, is respond to people where they're at and make that possible. And there's a lot of tools that can make that super duper easy. Do you need to overthink it? No, but, you know, try to make sure that there's some competent person that could respond. Uh, because that is definitely very frustrating, especially because they misled mm-hmm. me. And I was like, I don't love that. And if you need to be upfront and say, hey, you know, we don't manage this very often, but feel free to try us. Here's a backup. Like, I would respect that a whole lot more than like, let me pretend like yeah. we're doing this and then we're not. Uh, that drives me nuts. But I do love Twitter because it's faster, more efficient. And oftentimes I get a higher quality representative that can help me because they know that the stakes are much higher. Yeah, on I think also, you know, you kind of brought up um, when you have somebody that's, you know, using social media for customer service and stuff. Remember, it's customer service too. So they need to be trained to handle situations, you know, and if they are not and they're just going to have to pass it on to somebody else, why do you have them doing it? Because they can be the most personable, you know, but they've got to be able to have the tools necessary, you know, to deal with situations. And that tool, it may be an actual tool or it may be just education in things that come up and they can learn that in other mm-hmm. traditional, you know, customer service roles, you know, to be able to deal with it. Um, if you, if you don't do that, then yep. you can end up creating what is a, and it may be a, a negative experience to begin with. That is the reason you're contacting customer service. And then what they did was to, they just made it worse. Exactly. It, it totally, it's totally true. And in my situation, and this could apply for your clients too, is, like if there was something that I didn't know how to respond to, I knew who to outsource it to and say, Hey, you know what? This is tricky because, and I told this to my friend who is just now learning this for her company. That's been blowing up on the, on Twitter. Um, is that like, you know, she was really upset. She's like, they don't have the same humor that I do. They don't have the same responses. They don't understand our culture. And she was having this brand voice issue. And I said, you know what? But if they can outsource 60, 70% of the messages because they have a very easy response, do that because you can always train them on the last 20 or you can have someone who's a little more expert take those over. The best thing is just take it off your plate and give it, give it away and somebody will help you and know what the situations are that you need to bring to the top and know what somebody else that's, can that's handle. That's really good advice because, you know, um, separating the, the two, cause you're going to have a bucket of, you know, um, situations that are pretty standard, you know, so they don't need something, you know, somebody more in-depth trained. And then you're going to have some that are going to be like, yeah, this is more in-depth. We've got to, so make sure you, at the very least, you should have a process of how you handle those situations when they come up. Um, that kind of leads me into like the next thing. Cause you know, often, um, on social media, there's a lot of negativity, you know, directed at companies, comments, things like that. And of course, if we're talking customer service and you needed it, it's probably something bad anyway, you know? So what do you advise companies, you know, when they're getting into, you know, Hey, I, 
we're invested in social media, we're building up our audience. The larger you make anything, the more you're going to have a negative element to deal with. Yeah, if you know, if you have a hundred followers on a platform, you're never going to hear from anybody. A thousand occasionally gets a ten, you know, ten thousand, a hundred thousand, a million. You know, now yeah, you're going to have more come through, whether it's you know direct messages or more importantly, comments and stuff too, because those are, you know, direct messages are one thing. You deal with those on a one-on-one basis, but comments are public, you know, so you're going to have stuff, you know, that comes through that other people are going to be able to see. So how should companies be approaching that? Mm -hmm. At minimum, respond, (laughs) respond. As long as they're not a psychopath, (laughs) respond. Uh, So this is interesting. So I'm thinking like, Mm -hmm. let's say a Google review, right? Or um, what was the other one? Trustpilot, I think I looked at for some companies this week to see if anything was good. And so much of future customers reputation of your company are going to come from how you handled the responses. So I was looking up like a bank that I was curious in working in. And I was like, okay, well, let's look at all the complaints. And a lot of the complaints were very, very specific things at the bank that I was not going to be doing. So I could see how it could be a lot more difficult. Uh, but seeing how the bank responded is interesting because some of them are just like, oh yeah. my gosh, we're so sorry to hear that. Fine, yeah. minimum. But like a really good person be like, actually, let's investigate this and try to fix it. And if you can see that the company's working harder to try to repair the thing than the person complaining, yeah. that's a pretty good sign that this company's yeah. going to be good. So oftentimes it's not for the person that is driving you nuts and saying hard things. It's for the people who want to see how you approach their customers because it's you can't like test drive a yeah. customer service line all the time. But I can glance really quickly at a Google review or a Facebook review and see what the vibe is. And when I see that they don't respond to this bad product, okay, so, I'm like, goodbye. Okay, so that I gives me it. brings me up to another question though. If you look at you know, I've seen this on Google reviews. I know it's happening on Facebook reviews and stuff. You know, and other platforms when they're when people are leaving reviews and you see the messages that are basically always the same as a response from the owner. You know. Yeah. So, so what's your opinion there? Because, Boring. you know, yeah, because, yeah, well, minimum, because as I'm scrolling through okay. and I'm reading review after review and yeah, great. They're responding, but it's basically the same thing. Cause once you've read four or five reviews, you know, you start to see the pattern, you know, that there's very little differentiation. It's, Hey, call our customer service. We'd like to make it, you know, correct, you know, call the main line or something like that. So, you know, what's your, Ugh. you know, how would you approach doing that, you know, in responses to customers when they're soliciting reviews and things like that. Cause we do it all the time through social media. Mm, I mean, look, I would, I'm trying to think how deep I want to go here. I'm, I always just default to like, what would I do as a real person? If someone said something to my face and the, the, the generic answer is not great, but sometimes it's like, oh, I really don't like this part about your product. And it turns out that the thing that I didn't like about their product actually wasn't really a thing because I now commented and then they responded like a Facebook ad, for example, be like, oh, this thing doesn't work. I see you don't actually have, I I was trying to buy an Apple watch band and they're like, oh, I see you don't have the color black. And they're like, actually in a few weeks, we're going to have it. Yeah. I was like, oh, cool. Or like this cacao, brute cacao that I kept getting advertised. I was like, oh, well, I think this is not what I need because it's probably got caffeine in it. And they're like, actually, we don't have any caffeine. And I was like, oh, cool. Thank you. Or like, oh, this doesn't look good. Or I'm getting so many ads. Maybe you're a bad company. And then they'll respond. And I'm like, oh, actually, I think you're a real person. And just as a sidebar for like a great social media tip for any size company is when you do respond with something specific and personal, whether it's on a leads Facebook page, Instagram page, LinkedIn page, Twitter page, TikTok page, 
when you do write something specific and personal, yeah. they're going to think of you as a real person. They're going to think of you as someone yeah. who who cares. And like even your message to me for to do the show, I was like, wow, you you thought about this and you wrote something personal. Of course, I'm going to give more time and attention to that. I'm going to always associate yeah, that with I, you. That's and what your I like. Is what you're saying is is rather than using messages that you can just copy paste essentially in, take a moment. You know, actually, you know, because it. Even if they didn't write much of a message, you can still respond in a better way. And yes, it's going to take more time and stuff than, than it would be to copy and paste a message in and say, okay, well, you know, whatever, whatever your auto, because it's going to look like it's an automated response. And when it's an automated response, you know, even if it's just an assumption, it is, it says you didn't actually care enough to read because that's what came through. Yeah. And is as brands, if you're going to use mm-hmm. social media, you know, regardless of size of the company, you need to show that you're paying attention and you're not, you know, if, if it looks like, if I mm-hmm. see the same message, you know, to 10, you know, responding to 10 different people out of like 12 messages or something, I'm going to assume they're not actually reading these things. So what kind of customer service is that, you know, when they can't take the time to write what, mm-hmm. a, you know, a couple of sentences, you know, to, to give somebody a response. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I think the other magic part that I think we were going to, we're, we're thinking about in this conversation is that you can learn so much from these people. These are the people that are active. They're telling you what's up. They're telling you how they really feel. And that's where you can illuminate problems in your community and really in your network and figure mm-hmm. out what, what's going to come next and really glean mm-hmm. a lot of insights from that. Because if, if I feel valued by your company, then I'm gonna then I'm gonna feel like I want to value you guys. Maybe there's something that's a problem. I want to go in and say, hey, yeah. dude, like this might actually be something you might want to fix. Like there was a glasses company that I loved that had a referral program, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna give my link to someone, and they're gonna use it. And they used it, and they treated my special gift card instead of a gift card. They treated it like any other discount, which basically made it obsolete because there's always a better discount out there. And I'm like, well, what's the point of me promoting your brand? And did they ever care yeah. or reach out or try to be personal? No. And I'm like. Ugh. And I ordered my glasses a week mm. ago from another company instead and it's okay. But like, but that, I think what people try to do all the time is try to like scale this really quickly, scale the relationships in a way yeah. that actually isn't scalable. And that's where you miss the opportunity. Oh, it's just a task. Let's just respond to so check the box. But really it's, that's the moment to make someone a fan so they can tell other people, Hey, this company really gave a ding and wanted to help me. And the ones who helped hmm. me via Twitter, I'm like, whew, I kind of want to shout out all these big companies that had a good, good, quick turnaround because yeah, it really does make a difference. Too, because, you know, that's a, another good point because, you know, companies when, especially smaller ones, they don't often pay as much attention to their social media, but it doesn't mean people aren't trying to communicate with them. So you have to, you need to pay attention and you need to respond in a timely manner. You know, you ever see on the pages and stuff, re- typically responds in, you know, three days. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you can't be doing that. Like I say, so you want to make sure you're set up so that you do get those notifications. Even if you're a small company where you're kind of, you know, you're the owner, you're handling everything yourself, you should have you know, the ability to respond to those things because of the fact that it doesn't mean people won't use them just because you're small. Yeah. Larger companies, of course, they're going to be, you know, they're used to it and stuff, you know, so they're paying more attention, but social media is it's out there. And if you've spent any time building out your own profiles and things like that, you exist, you know, so we handle yep. that. Um, yep. sure, uh, yeah. I have a nugget. Can I give you a nugget on this? So this could be really helpful for a small company, medium company, large company. At minimum, this is something that you could and maybe should do. I always love to advocate to just like have a page. If there's a 
common platform that everybody uses, create a page. And I, I named it a showcase page. I don't know if other people call it that, where it's just like, hey, here's the value we provide as a company. Um, we are not the most active on this page. We are more active on XYZ. So in my situation, I'm like, you know what? I post more on LinkedIn. Follow me on LinkedIn. Um, but you can reach out here, but just know like this isn't where our spot is. And then I put a little bit of content on there. So at least get a taste of what we are, even though we don't have the, I have the full capacity to be everywhere all the time. Now, granted, I'm a social media addict a little bit because my world, but, (laughs) but that's a great way to do it because, you know, and this is, here's the other benefit, right? Is that PR and social media are the PR world Mm -hmm. understands how social media relates to PR. The social media people don't (laughs) understand the PR stuff, but let's say, you know, this is so real. Like they have no idea. I, I will tell you, PR more appreciates what social media PR. does because I've had multiple PR conversations and they brought mm-hmm. it up that you've got to have your social down. You know, you've got to have it good. Yep. You do because what if, you know, People Magazine, I don't know if People Magazine is a thing anymore, but like if they want to tag you on Twitter yeah. and you don't exist on Twitter, there's no way, unless someone has to think, oh, let me go look up this company and like Google them and let me figure out where they are. It's a lot harder than like, oh, it's actually hyperlinked to a page that now tells people where they can learn yeah. more and what the thing is about. Uh, and this has happened. I had a client that was really not wanting to touch Facebook because they don't trust Facebook. And I wanted to tag them on Instagram. And I was like, I told you to make an Instagram page, (laughs) you silly one. And I was like, this brand, like this would have been such a great ad to get people off of Instagram. Because they don't want to look at Twitter to find out what this company does. They want to see it right there and then. So it's a very low effort way uh, to do that. And it lets you hold your your handle too. So if you have a very unique company name, you want to have your handle. You don't want to have to go through all the trademark hubbub either. So that's a very easy hack. Just have a page ready to go. With some detail. Flat out communicate that, hey, we don't really, we're not very active on this particular platform, but go visit us over here. Yeah. Yeah. Be a real person. That's it. Be a that real person. Sense. Okay. So social media, you know, since we've been talking about um, customer service and the things, you know, because it influences a lot of stuff. So how is social media now influencing consumer behavior? Uh, so here's how I leverage it is that this fast forwards a sales process incredibly because the, and this, this applies to websites like you have or social media pages or blogs or whatever, or email marketing, whatever. If you can get people the information they've been dreaming of uh, when, with the thing that you solve and you can get it to them efficiently, you don't have to spend two hours on the phone explaining to them why you're a badass. They might not even give you that chance, but if they can do that whole learning process without you having to be there, that saves you time. It saves them time. And it also helps them vet you and really be primed and ready to show up on a call and be like, I'm buying your thing. And that's where I put a lot of my basses. I'm very much inbound. Is it the right person? And I don't take on very, I only take on just a few clients a year. The right person will hear this and be like, oh my gosh, I need you. And for them, they will know and they will see my stuff and they'll be like, wow, I need to get on the phone with you yesterday. And that helps, right? Is that it's not like the old school where you get someone to sit on the phone and they need to hear your whole thing. They can look at your website. It'll explain what you do. They can look at, for example, in my world, I have a ton yeah. of YouTube videos about so many things that if they can't budget for what I do, that's fine. I can still help them tremendously through infinite other streams of content. My blog, my FAQs, my video series, there's so much. And and that's the magic of it. So whether I post it on LinkedIn or somewhere else, it lets them have a relationship oh, with me without great. having you to know, be like, there. I mean, that's that really is what social media is all about yeah. is kind of, you know, it's relationship building and regardless of like the platform you're on and such, you know, you do need to consider the platforms. Um, talk about that a minute too. Cause the, when we talk relationships, we also talk about like not every platform is going to be right for a particular brand. And so how do you go about choosing, you know, which platforms you should be on? 
Oh, I always, uh, I used to do presentations where I'd have a slide and I'd show four different pictures of bars and they're all very <laughs> different. You got Tiki bar, you got the fancy wine bar, the dive bar, all of it. It's like everyone is different, right? And I always say it's a relationship of three things, where your people are, uh, where your people are, what kind of content do you like to put out and, uh, or where you can bring people. Yeah. Uh, to like what party can you drive them to because you could drive them to a place of your choice because a lot of people that are listening to this will have a bucket of past clients or current clients that they're and I okay this is the fire question I ask my leads all the time I'm like how are you currently staying top of mind with your referrers your clients and your past clients and they look at me like and I'm like that's where you need me because if and I look at them and I'm like would you trust that you could get a client from that bucket and that's on them to decide not me and if they say yes, then we got to figure out that system before they can take advantage of a whole other marketing program, whatever it is, ads and Google, whatever. Like they need to have that as a baseline in place before any of these other shiny objects yeah. in marketing are going to really be effective. So, so when I think of that, uh, <laughs> I like to make sure that my people, where do I, I keep just having such a time. I'm like, where, where was I going with this? Um, you lo- you this love so that your people, yeah. Those I mean, when we're, yeah, because oh, we're I take deciding my what platform that they're you know, going to so, be on and why. Yes. So I look at that bucket and I'm like, okay, for certain companies, it's going to be 100% obvious it's going to be LinkedIn because hmm. their business networks and all that kind of stuff. Like I had an Indian matchmaker a bunch of years ago and she was doing a bunch of stuff on Instagram and hoping strangers would find her. And I was like, Hmm, interesting. She had 300 people sign up for her mailing list on her website. <laughs> Never sent them a single email. These are people yeah. with like buyer's intent and all that hubbub. And I was like, girl, like, ugh. and then she had, and she said the hardest thing was finding guys to be matched with. And she said that a lot of her LinkedIn network is a bunch of these guys. And I was like, well, why haven't you said anything on your LinkedIn page yet? Right. So she already had the bucket of the right people that she wanted already curated for her because of her life and her relationships. So that's where I often find there's hidden buckets of gold within my clients worlds, because at minimum, their people are going to know people just like them. And that at minimum will be jackpot. So I think of it like that. So a lot of my customers, some of them will be LinkedIn, but everything I can teach can be applied to anything. Like I had a client come to me and he's like, Oh, I'm building a platform on Mastodon. And this is before everyone knew what Mastodon was because of the Twitter exodus. This was like six months before anybody knew what it was. So I was like, this guy's (laughs) on it. (laughs) And, uh, so like, you know, I was like, well, how do we, how do we play that game? And it's the same way. I was like, make one-on-one relationships with people on Twitter. Yeah. Cause he didn't have the relationships he wanted. And then eventually got him a, like an army of people that really cared about him back that they also cared about mm-hmm. building the community that he wanted to have. And I was like, this is amazing. So if you don't have that spot, can you invite them to that spot? Because if your first 50 followers on Instagram are people that matter to your business, that is way better than 10,000 yeah. people that mean nothing to you. Uh, that is an engaged network, right? I tell this story all the time where I had two clients this is years ago, both starting brand new Facebook pages. And one of them, uh, I told him, Hey, you should probably invite people more personal. Both of them. I told invite people more personally to your page because that'll make the algorithms love you. It'll make the people care about you when they pop up on their feeds and all that kind of stuff. It's a win-win for you to care. And one guy didn't listen at all. Spam added 300 people posted content that was irrelevant to the demographic that was actually going to be paying him for his mm. chess school. Right. And I was like, Oh, but he had a bunch of people on there post bad content. The other one listened to me, asked 60 some people personally to come like their page. And immediately every post had like 15, 20 likes, yeah. engagements, comments, excitement, support, 
And I was like, this is, this is, this stuff is amazing. And that can apply to so many different platforms depending on your industry. So the little bit of care can yeah. go I, so That's a really far. good point because it's audience size is, of course, often overrated. If they don't really care about, you know, your actual product, right. service, whatever it is, they don't have any, you know, care in the brand, then what was the point of having a large audience? You know, because they're not engaging. And we've seen plenty mm-hmm. that, you know, where they don't engage, you know, it, you could have 10,000 people, but if they never do anything versus, you know, five, you know, 2000 people, but then they're constantly engaged. You know, people often wonder why some pages like kind of fall flat and some of them don't. Well, it's, you know, who you ended up targeting, you know, so you, to follow the actual page, you know, let's say people end up following a lot of pages, you know, over time and they build up and they don't really clean out necessarily what they're, you know, the things that they're following. And if the, um, the company is not really engaging or engaging with content they care about, you know, then you're not going to see the activity that you're looking for. And you're not creating, you're not creating that influence exactly. that was your intent. Yeah. It's so much stronger. Your real life, what happens in the real world will make everything on the social yeah. media world a thousand times easier. And once you understand how those worlds are the same, It'll all yeah. be so, so much easier. So what should companies, you know, like if they're getting going on their social media or they've got followings, you know, built up and stuff, but companies are always at different stages, you know, when it comes to that kind of stuff. Sure. Um, what are some of the key things that companies should be paying attention to on their social media, whether they're just getting started or they're more established? Ooh, uh, well, one thing I always tell people to do is look through your list. Uh, it's kind of what we said earlier, like, look through who is following you. Are there any people that matter? If you are posting stuff without really a strategy willy nilly, look through who's liking it. Is there anybody in there that you haven't engaged with in a while that matters to you, right? If it's like somebody who is not at all relevant to your business, ignore them. But if it's, you know, oh, yeah. Cash just liked my thing. I haven't talked to Cash in a while. Yeah. Maybe I should send them a DM and be like, hey, what's up? Uh, I would always do that at minimum. Uh, the other thing that I would say... And I'm more than just going to give a tip too, is that like, be con- <sighs> people don't like when I say be consistent, but I 100% think being consistent is huge. I'm not saying post three times a day on TikTok, like yeah. all the gurus tell you to do, do something that you can stick with. And for me, like I post once a week on LinkedIn every Tuesday morning for the most part, and I can stick with it. And then people have consistently built a relationship with me is that I haven't cut the cord and left them dead with nothing. And I think that's a lot of people will be excited for a day on social media and then not excited the rest because they don't have a plan that makes them feel, I don't know, people love the word authentic. Yeah. You can feel authentic to what they're doing. Right? And I, I come from an education background. I studied education in college. So I taught a lot of kids, but now I teach adults how to do their own marketing. And I always tell people, and I actually saw somebody else echo this recently in a marketing talk. And I was like, yeah, right on. Is that you are their best teacher. You are here to answer things that they didn't have the answers for. Uh, I had a client in the insurance industry and they were like, if I give them all the information about the insurance industry, won't they just take it and go somewhere else? And I'm like, who do you think they're going to trust? If you make it really crystal clear that you can help somebody and that you really get them. And you find that you're not really, you don't have competitors if you are the person that it's in front of you that gives them what they need. And on a regular basis, they're going to appreciate you and they're ideally yeah, going to tell mean, other the, people about the, it. The end point, you know, end goal of, of social media is that it is a platform to engage your audience, you know, engage the people that, you know, yeah. buy from you or could buy from you and stuff. And you want to make sure your content is relevant to that audience. You know, and there's a reason to engage with that content. And if you've got people that, you know, are contacting you or leaving comments and stuff, you want to take the opportunity to 
respond to them, engage with them, because social media is something that if you're tackling it as a company, know that it's a, a, an investment, you know, not just in money and stuff, it's going to be time. And you've got to put thought into it to make sure you do it right. Cool. Mm-hmm. I say, I always say this, like everything I advocate for, this is the exact strategy every client will go through, match the right people to the right information on a consistent basis in a way that they didn't know they needed and rinse and repeat. And that yeah. can feed you. Well, it's time. been a great conversation, Shiley. How do people get a hold of you? Ooh, so I've got medium, mild and <laughs> spicy. I got three different options. So <laughs> you can follow me on LinkedIn. I post lots of good content on there on a regular basis. You can see what I've done on there with my profile. You should know exactly who I am and what I do very quickly. You can, this is really the game changer here. I basically, just like I said, I gave, this is exactly the secret I teach every client. It's not really a secret. It's a very simple strategy that works in real life that will work on the internet, match the right eyeballs to the right people on a consistent basis. And you will be unforgettable to your network. So there's a video series is totally public. You don't even have to give me your email if you don't want to. It's on YouTube. You can listen to it as a podcast. If you like podcasts, I know your guests like podcasts. Uh, it's attached to my personal podcast. <laughs> uh, you can you get it as, uh, what else? Oh, I, it's about to come out. I'm going to have it as a written document. So any learning style that you have, this information should be readily accessible to you. It will change how you see marketing so it doesn't feel like, oh, I'm stuck. It'll give you a very good understanding how real life relationships connect to your online relationships, especially for those who wear lots of hats in their life. Uh, and if you're like, wait, I think this shyly lady might be my person. You can also book a call on my website. So uh, again, I'm looking for the right kind of people. My people are do-gooders and they wear lots of hats and they're working their booties off at their thing because they love what they do, but they're sometimes alone and they always have somebody to be their confidant, their cheerleader, their maybe a little extra accountability. So that's what I'm there. And uh, yeah, with that, you can find me at yoursocialmediasherpa.com and lots of goodies to <laughs> well, be Well, it's been great having you, Shiley. Um, you know, this has been another great conversation. We've been talking about social media, how you, in, yeah. you know, use it from a customer care standpoint, how you engage your audiences and such. Um, again, I am your host, Cash Miller. Uh, I'm also the CEO of Titan Digital. And thank you for joining us today. Woo-woo.